Welcome to the Ultimate Smash podcast. This will be episode one where we'll be we will be talking over a couple of things before you take your journey into the competitive Smash scene. Now, for myself, just a little bit of background, I've been playing Smash Bros. for somewhere around five to seven years. I'm not quite sure. Sometime in the Wii U era, and I've seen a lot of different types of people come through and play the game. Personally, for me, I think this game is easy to pick up, difficult to master, and it all starts in the mind. So, just... Real quick, before I get into that, I'm just going to say I'm your host, Kiwi, and this is my wife, Toffee. Those are our tag names, so introduce yourself in terms of what uh, your experience is with Smash Bros. Hello, I'm Toffee. Um, I don't have much experience with Smash Bros. I, uh, I started in high school, so maybe four years ago, but... Uh, I only played every now and then. Not much of a competitive player. Very casual, just kind of like to have fun with it. Okay. So I was thinking if you are looking to get into the game, now's the perfect time because all the, the patches are done. There's no more patches. No more changes to characters. Everybody's going to be the same now as they are maybe a year from now. Of course, Nintendo might change that, but... Now's the, the time you really want to start honing in and deciding who you want to play. I think it's really important to have a vision of what you want to do. That vision should be grounded in what you like to do, where your joy comes from. How do you think a person would find that joy? How did you find the joy in what you currently do? It's a tough question. <laughs> so, uh, I'm an artist, so... Um, and I've actually, I've known since kindergarten that I've wanted to do art as an adult, you know, whenever someone would be, uh, ask me as a kid, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would always say an artist because it's, I love drawing. I love painting. It's, I've always, I've always been told I'm good at it. So I figured if I enjoy it and I'm good at it, might as well do it, right? Now, I did have, like, rocky patches along the way where I was like, oh, maybe this isn't something I should do. It's very difficult to get into. It's, you don't, you won't make a whole lot of money. Or as my dad would say, I'll only make money when I'm dead because, you know, dead artists are the best known. Even then, like, I just kept pursuing it because it, it just brought me joy to see something that I've created on paper. Like, think, seeing what is happening in my head happen in front of me. In Smash Bros, that's kind of the same in the sense that you get to choose the type of, um, you kind of want to get the feel of what you like and how you want to express yourself. Your tools for expression, essentially. Yeah, like finding your style. Yeah. In yeah. art. Yeah. Yeah. Which in art might be a color palette, uh, the way you draw your lines, the way you pose your people, the size of bodies, etc, etc. And in Smash Bros, speed of your character, the weight, their weight, like how heavy they are, how fast they fall, how high they jump, and generally how they play. And those things are ways for you to express yourself. And I think that contextualizing the video game in that way allows you to have a more healthy relationship with it because it is not you playing the game 
to beat on other people. It's you to play... You're playing the game to express yourself in such a way that brings enjoyment to you. It should be about you first and foremost. And that aspect of the you in the game, and not to sound all sappy and stuff, is you need to come at it with sincerity of what you want from your discipline. And for me, that is one of the most important things I like to tell newcomers to the game is, why are you playing this game? Obviously, you don't have to answer that right away when it comes to it, but it's very good to start thinking about that before you enter the game and watch it evolve as you play the game. So, for example, my initial experience with the game was I wanted to be the best like the best player and I think that that type of uh, ambition it, it, it can be positive but it's not exactly specific so what I like is I like to control the pace of the match I like to make it to where my opponent is playing around what I'm doing so I feel like I get to properly express myself and I like the games to be close I don't like blowouts. I hate seeing myself body somebody so bad that it's like, oh, you could have done that with your eyes closed because then that creates a uneven dynamic for the uh, spectator to see. It's not exciting seeing like somebody just absolutely smack the dog out of somebody else. It is a lot more entertaining. <laughs> Speaking of the dog. Uh, it's a lot more entertaining to watch two people like equally duking it out and not knowing who's going to come out on top. I think that's way more enticing as a spectator. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's 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 essentially how I want to tie it to like art and other disciplines. Is like if your discipline is to be really good at Smash Brothers, to put it like very condensed, then you can learn something from somebody who isn't. A Smash Bros. player, the part of the process of getting good at something. I think when it comes to playing a video game, getting good at anything, you have to hone skills and mm -hmm. hone fundamentals at said thing, for sure. Um, and the next part that I would like your input on is goal setting. Now that is something that sounds weird for a video game, and a lot of people especially considering esports is relatively new i would say it's been around for maybe fifth or 20 to 15 years max you know something along those ranges um but for smash bros it really started taking off i believe in the smash 4 era where like you know the internet was more accessible mm -hmm. more people had grassroots uh scenes popping up that had internet coverage to show to other people i think that a lot of people discount the the I I don't know the correct word for it but I'll put credibility of of Smash Bros as something bigger than it is if that makes sense so for example um if you were to say somebody say to somebody that you're like serious about playing Smash Bros that sounds like a joke to anyone who's not in the Smash Bros scene. Yeah. 
And I've had plenty of those conversations with people who are just like, bro, what are you serious about Smash Bros? You play Smash Bros competitively, that kids party game? Uh, and it's, it's always a, a strange conversation to have, but if you're serious about playing Smash Bros, then you have to be serious about your approach to getting good at the game. And I think that's where I can, again, draw the parallels between a discipline and playing Smash Bros. Mm -hmm. For instance, uh, and here's what I would like your input on is, how do you go from knowing nothing or starting fresh at something to creating either a routine or something that allows you to start building the skill to execute that uh, that vision that you might have. And and if you need me to restate that, because it was very long-winded, I totally no, can try no, to I, I, I think it. I understand what you're asking. Um, it is kind of hard, another hard one for me to answer, though, because everybody's experience is different. Um, although I've known I wanted to be an artist, um, like, uh, because, I don't know how to explain it. Because I didn't have the internet up, pretty much up until high school, I would never, I didn't really have an ability to compare myself to other professional artists. Therefore, I didn't know what good art was. And I mean, yes, in history classes, you'll learn about the Mona Lisa and all that. But I mean, so I had those to compare myself to, but I, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Um, I kind of want to follow that, that line that you just said, comparing yourself to others. Yeah. So, um it's a it can be a positive thing to do and a, and a very dangerous thing to do um it comparing yourself to i'm and i'll continue using art as an example um like comparing myself to another artist that i enjoy looking at uh by comparing myself i can see the skill level i am at compared to them um normally when i i do that i see that i'm a Keep going. I I'm a lower skill level because I mean I'm still learning. I'm still growing. Everybody is. Yeah. Um, however, it can also get if you do it too much or you think too negatively about it, it can get to the point where you either get very depressed about your own skill, um, you get jealous and just mean about it, and that's. Um, so it can be so it can be a dangerous path to follow because then it'll make you want to give up, want to quit. Mm -hmm. So I mean, being able to like uh, do it healthily. When it comes to comparing yourself to others or being like jealous or like feeling negatively towards somebody because mm -hmm. you're comparing yourself to them, what should a person do? to understand why it's like that? Um, I don't know how well I can answer that because I, I never really got jealous of other artists. Okay. Unless they were my, they, I saw that they were my skill level and were doing better than me. <laughs> then I was a little bit. Okay, uh, why? But, uh, because 
because uh, then I, I knew I had the skill to be where they are, but I'm not there. Mm-hmm. It, but, like, you know, artists that I know are better than me, like, I wouldn't get jealous of them because, well, I'm not at their skill level. So, mm-hmm. of course, I'm not going to be where they are. <laughs> but so then it, when it's somebody that is my skill level, then I'm like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Why are they in this position and not me? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I wouldn't say, I, I mean, I guess it wasn't a negative jealousy that I had. It's more of like, what are they doing drive? different? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but like I said, I, when, like looking at artists that I enjoy uh, that are of higher skill level, um, I, I never really got jealous. I more of got, went the depressed route um, where I was like, oh, I'm not good enough to do this. I can't do this. Uh, I should I should have gone to college for something else, you know, um, and and getting out of that mental state and trying to truly understand it is difficult. Um, and even to this day, I am not entirely sure how to interpret it. Um, I what I do is I just try to think, like how I was saying earlier, I'm not at their skill level. I just need to practice. So, eventually, someday I will be there, but today I'm not, so I just need to work hard, uh, you know, put in the practice, keep posting art, you know, I'll gain the followers through time. It just takes time, so that's what I tell myself. So, to focus in on the goal-setting aspect, because I left that in a different... I I left that (laughs) idea in a different room. Yeah. Um... (laughs) When it comes to goal setting, how do you set goals? How, how does one person create goals that they can make? I will say a little bit of what I think first prior mm-hmm. to you going, yeah. but um, I think with goal setting, it's very important. Like This is one of the, the three things you should be doing before you even pick up a controller and play Smash Bros. Um, goal setting, learning how to set goals, is very very important for the learning process you need a long-term goal which is very specific you want to be as specific as possible with every single goal so saying like I want to be PR number five by the end of two weeks that's not specific enough what I am thinking in terms of long-term goals is that you need to set a goal in terms of I want to be this person and this person in such a way that I am able to recognize my skill. Let's say you get like absolutely stomped by a particular player and you say I want to make sure that I am beating this person consistently in bracket um, every week. That is a good long-term goal. And the short-term goals that you set are kind of like sub-goals, right? Like, I want to take one stock off of this guy if he, like, three stocks you the first time you fight him. Uh, The next goal could be something like, I want to make sure that I beat the person he beats, but that's not specific enough. So you want to say, I want to beat that person in every way that they were uh, taking advantage of, like, that bracket demon that the person who, like, stomped you, right? Does the more specific the better, and also just a quick side tangent on that to go even further off uh, the rail. 
never look at tournament results as definitive and all be-alls because tournament results are things that you like you influence where you end up in the tournament but overall i don't think tournament results are things that you control because you could fight against the number one and the number two of a tournament and end up in ninth uh depending on where you are in bracket so anyways long story short we're gonna wrap back around to goal setting how do you handle goal setting um pretty similar to how you were describing um i'm still i'm still uh, learning how to set goals i'm horrible at it because <laughs> uh i just i never you know take a moment to think oh i need to get you know i need to do this this and this or um long-term goals i'm 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 good with I tend to set those pretty well. It's the short term goals I struggle with, um, but yeah, pretty much very similar to what you were saying. I'll set a long term goal goal like my like I'll set a lifetime goal like what do I want? How do I want my life to feel or be like? You know what do I how, what do I want my career to be in the future? Um, and then from there I'll even do almost like a. kind of like kind of like a tree so my lifetime goal will be at the top of the tree and then I'll make little line like if I was writing this in a journal (laughs) I would draw lines down from that lifetime goal and say well oh I need to do this this and this in order to get to that goal and then from those those will have some shorter term goals and then it'll get shorter 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 until eventually I'm doing it almost a day by day or week by week goals that that way I'm it's so specific I shouldn't even have to think about it you know I shouldn't have to sit there and be like okay if I need to paint this painting done today get this painting done today what you know I, I then I just sit down and do it instead what I should be doing is saying like okay I need to get this painting done today to get this painting done I need to paint the background, sketch the character, you know, then I'll use those as my short-term goals. So, like, I'll make it so specific that I shouldn't have to sit there and think about the goal, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Almost like a checklist. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to visualize it, I think. For me, when I was weightlifting, um, the goal setting was a lot easier because if I wanted to, let's say, bench 100 pounds, I would first have to learn the proper form, then increment the weights until I could finally get the long-term goal of benching 100 pounds. So I think it's kind of the same in video games, where, especially fighting games, where you learn the combos, or you learn the moves, then you learn the combos, then you learn what gets the combos in neutral or neutral stance where both of you have no advantages or disadvantages, and then you execute those uh, smaller sub-goals into the main goal of being able to, you know, do combos in actual matches. And I think it's okay to set smaller goals, like long-term goals, the newer you are at something. So for example, 
if it's like your first time playing Smash Bros, I think your long-term goal would to be to hit a combo on somebody mid-match. But if you're like a long-term Smash Bros person and you're let's say picking up a new character, then your long-term goal should be something along the line of I want to be able to uh get a strong string that can or a, uh I want to be able to go from a grounded string to an aerial combo to kill confirm on my opponent something like that where you're like specific uh that that is a good segue into the last thing that I think is very important to getting good at a discipline which is applied practice now I did well it, it's not so much research as it was just googling stuff and hearing it from other people but in boxing, there's this thing called shadow boxing, mm-hmm. where you pretend and you visualize an opponent there and you kind of spar against the uh, visualized version of a boxer and throw punches like if they're there. I think that, at least in Smash Bros, that's very useful to think because a lot of the time you're not going to have access to 24-hour practice, like really good practice. Um, and you have to be able to visualize the ways that you want to execute your applied practice. Now, the way that I'm kind of defining applied practice here is that it's practice, but not in the traditional sense. Most people think that practice in Smash Bros. is just playing against your friends ad nauseum. That's not the way that applied practice works. Applied practice is you want to be able to say for this training session, I'm only focusing on edge guarding and how I'm getting those edge guards. So for you as an artist, how do you apply new concepts into your daily practice? How do you bring new information and add it to the old? What do you do to like bridge those together? So if I'm looking at uh, this artist, uh, their work inspires me. I'll take a look. I'm like, what in that work inspires me? It inspires me. <laughs> inspires me. And I'll be like, okay, let me, or like even when studying master artists, you'll take a look and see what skills they've used, what technique, the anatomy, the paint strokes. Um, and to put in what you said, uh, do that, uh, apply that to my practice, I would take one of those things that I see this master artist doing or this very popular artist doing, and I will only work on that. So if, um, like for example, anime, mm-hmm. they uh, proportionally, their eyes are larger, nose are small, noses are smaller, they've got, um, their cheeks are round and cute, you know, Um, So when then practicing that, I will, on the anatomy part, I will only practice like drawing the eyes compared to the head and then the nose and then the mouth. But I'll only work on one at a time until, you know, I feel pretty, until either my practice time is over or or I feel like I've done enough. So it's much like what you were saying where um, you pick one thing to focus on during your applied practice. Mm -hmm. Same thing as for art. You... When you practice sketching and art, uh, creating stuff, you should pick one thing when you're practicing. Um, or even uh, 
and then when you feel like you've gone it down you apply that to you can apply that to a bigger work mm -hmm. I think that you had mentioned practice time yes <laughs> I think that's also a very good thing to mention a lot of people that I've played with and I'm guilty of this we would play for like six hours or something like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> back in uh, you know Ooh. back in my heyday of Smash 4 we would play six hour friendlies and while they helped initially when I was not a good player as I got better at the game playing friendlies didn't help me nearly as much as when I first started and I think that comes down to I didn't have a name for what I was doing when I was playing friendlies I didn't have the preconceived ideal of what I needed to be improving on and I wasn't analyzing my opponents or anything like that I was just going through the motion and strengthening what I call autopilot mm -hmm. essentially the um, subconscious decision-making that I would make normally and kind of just letting muscle memory take uh, take the reins mm -hmm. which I find to be kind of a waste of time personally I think that uh, and some people might argue that oh no you're strengthening your ability to make the like subconscious decisions and whatnot but I think in a game like Smash Bros where your subconscious decisions could get you punished or killed or messed up in the game mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's not a good thing it's not a good thing to not have a presence of mind while you're doing your uh, expression Mm -hmm. let's say you have been lifting the wrong way engaging the wrong muscle groups in a particular lift you are doing it incorrectly and you can injure yourself mm. you have learned how to do it correctly and in the moment you stop thinking of how to do it the correct way and you do it the incorrect way subconsciously that is what autopilot is okay because you for like autopilot can be good because you can autopilot good habits but for most low to mid-level players autopiloting takes their bad habits and just puts them on full display so like somebody might autopilot spot dodge or like a, a roll into their opponent or like they always shield after a particular thing those are all punishable things that can harm you in the game for doing. Like if you subconsciously always shield after throwing an aerial, that aspect of autopilot is bad. That, that's, that's a good thing that I, I think I'll keep in mind going forward is that you want to strengthen good habits, not bad habits. Mm -hmm. We had talked about like jealousy or like just comparing yourself to others yeah um full circle guys uh, yeah yeah <laughs> bring it bringing it back to that uh i know i like to tell people to not compare yourself to others in terms of results mm. because i think results are not a reliable metric to compare yourself to 
in Smash, you're given results in tournaments for how many people you've beaten, right? I think at that point, when I boil it down to saying it just like that, you can hear how that is not a good metric on how to see your success. Because I think if you're beating Jimmy, Timmy, and Bob, like these 10-year-old kids, and you're getting first place at your event, that doesn't mean anything. Because if you're not fighting somebody that's at your skill level or better and beating them, then you getting first at a local is, like, boring. It doesn't matter. I, I, I can confidently say that. If some of it, Like, I have met so many kids online who are like, Yeah, bro, this is, like, the best Instagram uh, Dr. Mario because he, like, uh, gets number one at all his locals. It's like, okay, but who's, like, who does he fight? And then they'll tell me, like, oh, this unknown player. I'm like, okay, how does that make him the best? I've never heard of these people. I don't know any of you guys. Like, that, you're, they're not quality metrics to, to look at somebody through. To bring that back to a question is, what do you think is a reliable way to see the progress you've made? Because I think it's very hard to find progress that you personally make when you're with yourself at every step of the progression. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you never see that progress. Yeah. Well, in art, it's very easy to see your progress because uh, you have proof of what you've done before compared to now. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was actually, there was a trend like not too long ago where it was like, uh, uh, this was me six years ago versus me now. Mm -hmm. uh, and I and you could then you could visually see the progress that that artist had made because I mean their first one was their first picture that they showed was normally their very, like one of the first pieces they've done and it looked like crap mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the next one would be what they look like now and it's like this professional quality work mm -hmm. so um, in art it's it's really easy to see your progress because you can you can go back and look at what you used to do and even then you can use that as a study and be like, oh, I used to do this wrong. Do I still do it wrong? Do I, uh, what did I do right? What did I do wrong back then? Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know how in a video game sense that would work. Actually, um, um, what you're saying kind of sounds a lot like uh, set reviews. And uh. <laughs> what set reviews are is if you have a recording of your previous fight against somebody, you can take a look back and see, oh, what did I do wrong in, in these scenarios? Mm -hmm. So that kind of sounds like the same. So what I'm hearing is that a good metric to take a look at your, your progress in the video game is to probably take replays of yourself. And since this game has a really competent replay function, Everybody should be making use, making use of that for sure. Now, um, sorry, I just wanted to add another no, thing to like comparing yourself to others. Yeah. Um, in art, we do uh, for practice and studies. We we do master studies, so we mm -hmm. take something that um, a master artist has done and we recreate it like pretty much a copy. Like mm -hmm. we, uh, you know, paint strokes, uh, anatomy style everything we we take that we study it and then we make a copy pretty much of mm -hmm. the work um 
So I don't know how you'd be able to do that in a video game sense. Perhaps uh, viewing like a like a top player and seeing what combos he he does. How does he defend the stage, or she? How does he or she defend the stage? Uh, how do they shield? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. yeah. What situations do they block? What situations do they go for uh, aggressive pressure? Things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that. That's uh, that's still under the umbrella of set analysis, but that's oh, a good okay. that that's a good um, a good thing to say that somebody who doesn't play the game competitively can say that that is important. Mm-hmm is very good to see because I have a lot of people that have told me set review doesn't do anything or like even there's there's even the a top player like uh, his name's Tweak the that guy <laughs> that I showed you um, he has been playing the game for years and mm-hmm. this year he's been looking at his sets he has never looked at his year, his sets prior because he said that he just doesn't like it, he doesn't think it, it would offer him much to look back at that to like it could give you like a boost of confidence like seeing mm-hmm. how bad you used to be compared to now like i know my gosh i cringe at my old art it is i just like i can't help but look at it and criticize it mm-hmm. but that's a good thing like because mm-hmm. then i look at what i do now and i'm like i have improved so much over the past year even it's ridiculous so it's even looking at those can give the player a boost of confidence, I think. Mm. Yeah. And that can help motivate them to continue practicing, continue growing. That concludes the Ultimate Smash Podcast Episode 1. If you like what you heard, follow for future episodes. Thank you.